Welcome to the Atlantic Baptist Church Podcast. Visit our new website at AtlanticBC.org. Or check us out on Facebook for the latest updates. Now, here's Pastor Carlos. God himself, made, dwell, dwelling in flesh, living a perfect life, and going to the cross of Calvary to pay the penalty for my sin and for your sin. And we must respond to it. I did June 1st of 1971. Have you responded to that? You can't just sit still there and not do anything about it. Because not doing anything about it, it's not going to give you the benefits of, of this gift. And it's not going to give you the benefits of His presence for eternity. I want you to go with me to, to your Bibles and to your Computers, if you if you use them for, for this today, and access the, the scripture in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10 and 11. I want to talk to you about Jesus, the promised gift, today. We'll continue this series of messages until the 22nd of December. But today, I want to talk to you about the promised gift Luke chapter 2, verse, verse 10 and 11 says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tithings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christmas is a time of giving. Uh, those of you that, that suffer Black Friday know what, you're, what I'm talking about. Uh, this was the first year that I had the privilege of, of, of going with my daughter-in-law, which loves Great Thursday and Black Friday, and uh, enjoy the, the... I never thought that you could get laws in a 10,000 square feet warehouse or, or place. But, I mean, to go there, well, it's probably bigger than that. But to go to this Walmart and, and carry my, my granddaughter and then get lost and not finding anybody, that was a great experience. Especially when my granddaughter still doesn't know me that well. So, uh, it, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a one-time experience. You know, for the first time I picked up my phone and I called my, my daughter and said, I don't care what you do, but you better get here and I'm standing right here. Because, I mean, she panicked. Christmas is a time for giving. And, and you know what? Giving is not your idea. Giving is God's idea. He will never, never stop giving. That's the God that I know. It's His nature. He, it, that's the way He is. No one gift will ever outdo the gift we celebrate this time of the year. Have you ever thought about that? You know, we get all fired up about going and shopping and buying all kind of gifts for, for the little ones and for the not little ones anymore. For those of us that still believe that we're little ones, we, we go and we get so excited about buying gifts. But you know what? No one gift will ever outdo the gift that we actually celebrate this time of the year. God sent His Son the Lord, the curious, curious of this world. Jesus, the Christ, is not his last name, is, is who he is, his title. Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. 
he was, he came down here. God sent his son here as a gift for you and for me. You know, if there's any gift that keeps on giving, is the gift of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's the only gift that keeps on giving. I heard the story of a pastor who, who got this big sign or big label on, on a gift that he bought for his son. And his son is the one telling the story. And he was so excited because in that label it says, this is the gift that keeps on giving and keeps on giving and keeps on giving. So when he opened the package, it was his cell phone. And he says, as long as you pay the bill, you will continue to receive and receive and receive. But Jesus Christ is, is a true thing. He is a true thing because, I mean, he keeps on giving. If I were to, get, to tell you all the things that Jesus has done for me and has done for you, just, just because he is the Lord and Savior of my life, we would be here for weeks talking about all the greatness of the things he has done. He not just saved me. There are many things that he has given me at the cross of Calvary. He is the gift that truly keeps on giving. Now most of us have heard the story of the birth of Jesus. I, I can say that. Uh, I'm pretty sure of that. But what some of us may not realize is that his his birth, right down to the, to the last detail, was a fulfillment of many Old Testament prophecies. Prophecies that, that were written between 1450 before Christ and 430 before Christ, a long, long, long time ago. Manuscripts have been found to prove they were written at least 400 to 1,000 years before even Jesus was born. Now for you that may not mean much, because we got the, the after product. We're, we're on the, on the, on easy side of the whole thing. We have his story written already. But for this people, his people in the Old Testament, this is an awesome reality. You know, we, we love to, to plan for the birth of our children. Uh, we like to, to plan ahead. I mean, my daughter has been planning for a child for a long, long time. And I said, please, before I die, please, before I die, let's get it done. But we love to plan for children. We love to plan for the birth of our children. But let me ask you a question. Do we really know where we will be when conception takes place? Where we will be when the child is born. Do we have an idea where we will be? Can we predict the gender of our child? Yes, you're going to say, well, pastor, today we can, we can actually find out. You can find out weeks after you have conceived the creature, but not before that. Did I say something wrong? The nurses in the back, in the back room back there. I have a fan club back there. Can we really predict the gender of our child? And, and what he or she will become when he or she grows up? Can we predict that? 
Can we probably plan for his or her arrival, but can we guarantee that the plans we make will come to fruition? I mean, younger people here, there was a time in which we parents have to buy neutral colors for the rooms and for the clothing for our babies because we had no clue. of It was yellow, right? Yellow or green or stuff like that. I mean, it was the ugliest thing in the world to buy clothes for kids. If you had money, then you would buy uh, uh, the same thing in blue and the same thing in pink. And just have it there with the receipts. And make sure you had at least a, 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 a 90-day, ret- I mean a 9-month return policy. Because you didn't know what was going to be. We couldn't plan it that way. We, didn't, we, we really didn't know if what we were planning was going to happen. It would be difficult enough to predict something five years away, let, let alone four to 15 centuries. That is 400 to 1500 years. A long, long time. Especially with a, with a degree of detail and, and 100% accuracy. It would also be impossible for someone to plan to fulfill those predictions. It would be impossible for everything to work out the way it worked out. The prophecies regarding the birth of our Savior speak of timing, location, and the circumstances in which the birth takes place. Everything was worked out to perfection. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ahead of time. Who but God alone could plan such things. Only God can do that. Only our God can do things like that. Let me let me give you some here's some of the awesomeness of, of his story. The Bible says that he was promised through the seed of Abraham and Isaac. The Bible in the Old Testament, hundreds and hundreds of years before, were pro- promised that the, the, his birth was going to come down the lineage of Abraham and Isaac. It says in Genesis, in your seed, all the nations, talking to Abraham, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And then it also said, for in Isaac, your seed shall be called, talking to Abraham. But then we go. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to the future. And Luke writes the book of the genealogy of Jesus, I mean Matthew, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham. Luke writes the son of Isaac and the son of Abraham. How could that happen? Hundreds and hundreds of years later. It's interesting to see that Jeremiah and Isaiah, over 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, they said that he was to be born in the house of David and in the family of Jesse, David's father. They said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. 
over 700 years before Jesus was born. Over 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah said, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Fast forward over 700 years later. And again, we find in the, in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ that, that, that it speaks about the son of David and the son of Jesse came right straight down that lineage. He was born in the town of Bethlehem. He was to, bo- to be born in the, in the town of Bethlehem. And he would be out of the tribe of Judah. And Micah said many, many years before, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from the old, from old, from everlasting. And again, we find out there in that same lineage that, that this Messiah would be the son of the lineage of Judah. In Luke chapter 2, we, we read that Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth. He didn't live in, in, in Bethlehem. He went up from Galilee out of the, uh, out of the city of Naz- Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Why? Because he was of the house and lineage of David. And he went there to be registered with Mary. How would it be possible... That hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before, somebody would know that, that there would be a census being taken. And everybody would have to go to their, their city where his, their family come from and raised her there. But the Bible says that he was of the house and lineage of David and he went to re- be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife. Who was with child. So it was that while they were there. The days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. Not only that but. This is, this is an awesome thing. They knew. They knew over 700 years before that that child would be born of a virgin. In Isaiah 7:14, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And so it happened. It happened just like the prophet said. In Matthew chapter 1, we see that this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. Now it doesn't stop there. They also knew hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Actually, somewhere about almost a thousand years before that, that they would, that this child would be worshipped by shepherds and, 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 and they would, he would receive gifts from kings. Almost a thousand years before. In Psalm 72 and 9 and 10, the Bible says, uh, Solomon wrote this, this, this psalm. 
and, and he, he was used by God. And this is what the Bible says. Those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him. Those who dwell in the wilderness are shepherds. And his enemies will lick the dust. And then the king of Tar- Tarshish and, the, uh, and of the isles will bring presents. The kings of Shiva and Siva will offer gifts. Almost a thousand years before. And it happened. Remember that story in Luke chapter 2? Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And he said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, who is God in flesh. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Hey, let's, let's take, let's take off and go to Bethlehem and see these things that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste or in a hurry and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying, lying on the, on the manger. Then the shepherds, the Bible says that they told everybody what they had heard and what what they had experienced. And they were so full of joy. And the Bible says then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Almost a thousand years before it happened. How about the wise men though? About the wise men, Matthew says, when they had come into the house a little bit later, they saw the young child and Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How could someone decide in what family to be born? We have a joke at the, at the house, at the Lugos residence. Because we're the typical dysfunctional family, if you don't. And, and, and my daughter keeps on saying all the time when we do something dumb, she says that she's adopted. And I said, honey, with that face, you're a Lugo. How could someone decide in what family to be born? How could they plan to be born in Bethlehem, even though the family they chose lived in Galilee? This could have only been God. He was able because he already existed before his earthly appearance. Remember, we spoke about that in the last eight weeks. He is. He never was. He never will be. He is. And he's, uh, he has existed eternity back and will exist eternity forward. He just is. So he was already here before his earthly appearance. He already knew what was going to happen when he spoke the words through the Old Testament prophets. He already knew these things. Time is not a concern of our God. Our God is so awesome that time is, you know, he's already in your future. You want to know what's going to happen in your life five years from now? He's already there. Will he tell you? Eh, maybe. 
He told Simeon that he would not die until he saw the Lord, the Savior, and he did. So he may, he can, but he knew what was going to happen because he was already there. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 7:14 and Matthew 1:23 that his name was to be Emmanuel, God with us. Have you thought about how great that is? God with me, God with you. That's who we celebrate this this month. God with us. The God of all creation. The Almighty God. The one who created you and created me. The one who owns everything. He decided to come down here and be with us. Once we disobey God in the Garden of Eden, we could no longer get to Him. So God chose to come to us. That was a choice. See, our sin has put a wall between God and us. And God knew that. He knows that. You may not know it. Because you may think that you're okay. But in reality, as we learned this in the last few weeks, that we are sinners not only by choice, but by nature. What we do on the outside is a reflection of who we are on the inside. So we are sinners not only by choice, but by nature. And we can approach God because He can be approached by any sinner. So God chose to come to us. God was taken form of a child, a human, to come to this world naturally and turn this world right side up again. And that is, that is something we celebrate. This was indeed the greatest gift ever. In fact, it still is the greatest gift. Because it is the gift that keeps on giving, remember? He never stops. His birth is only the beginning. His life, his death, his resurrection and the hope of his return are still to come in this book of his story. We celebrate his birth. We're only celebrating his birth. You probably say, well, okay, I know all that. What, what, what does that do in me? Well, for those who did not see it happen, God gave them hope and a holy expectation. If you have any question about that, ask Simeon, the priest. God gave him hope and a, and a holy expectation of something that would happen. In the book of Hebrews, we see a long list of people that by faith, they believe in something that would happen. And they trusted that in their lives. And because of that, they will be with us in eternity. To those who did not see it happen, God gave them hope and holy expectation. To those who lived, to live it, who lived it, God gave them joy and astonishment. I mean, you, all you have to do is to read the gospel and you see how people were astonished by the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, by what he did as he walked. Even the shepherds and the wise men were astonished by what happened that night when he was born. 
to those of us who are those who, who look back to history, actually to his story, God gives us peace and the certainty of a glo- glorious eternal life. That's our gift. I mean, if you look at what, what God did through his son, Jesus Christ, don't you feel, don't you find significance in your life? Don't you find that this is not a waste uh, time in, in our life? This is just the time that we are to spend here to bring glory and to honor and to worship the creator so that we can rehearse for eternity. Cause that's what you're going to do for eternal, for eternity. So you better start practicing now. You better start rehearsing now because that's what we're going to do. Denise and her her team are the only ones that have a secure job in heaven. Yes. And you're you're happy about that, eh? But we are going to worship God. And you can be all you want to be as a proud person on this earth. But when you get to to heaven, you know what you're going to do with all the great deeds that you did? And all the rewards that you're going to get? You're going to put them at the Lord's feet. Because... Just the fact that we made it, it's enough reward. It is enough reward. Just the fact that because of what this child will do in 30 years, just because of that, that's enough reward. We don't need to know how good we were. We only need to know how good he was. So... To those who look back to history, we receive the gift of peace. We receive the gift of certainty of a glorious eternal life. But let me talk to you, to to those of you who still have not made that decision for Christ. Unfortunately, to those who look back to, to that story, to his story, apathetically, to those who, who the birth of Jesus is just a nice and good Story is a warm kind of thing happening this time of the year. And then the 26th of December, we pick up all the gift wrap and all the trash that we, we have from all the gifts that we, we have. And we go on with life. If you feel that way and you still have not known Jesus, to those who the birth of Jesus is just that. He's got a gift for you too. And, and it's a gift of one. It's a gift of uncertainty. And the ultimate condemnation. And I'm not saying this to, to scare you. Like I said, I don't believe in scaring people into heaven. I'm just telling you the truth. If you don't take the, the, the story of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ seriously and what he did after he was born... And what he did at the cross of Calvary on on your behalf. And what he did three days later coming back to life. Just to prove you that he is victorious over life. And that you can have eternal life. If you still cannot get it, get it today. Get it today. Because all, all what this means is that you will live a life of uncertainty. Number one, you can't predict when you're going to go from this side of eternity to the other side of eternity. You can't predict it. I can't tell you what's going to happen in your life in an hour. You don't know what's going to happen in your life in an hour. 
Did you read the news of that great actor, 40 years old, that just died yesterday in a crash? Did he know that he was going to die when he got up in the morning? I doubt it. Did my best friend... Jose Vega, and I'm sorry, there's a friend, there's one of our members whose name is Joe Vega too, but I'm talking about a different one. Did my friend know that out of the whole posse that six guys that grew up together, he would be the first one to die at age 22 because of throat cancer? I don't, I doubt it that he did, you know. I can't tell you what's going to happen in your life. So there is uncertainty right there. I can tell you with certainty that the prayers of the well-intended people in your life will not get you there either. And the Bible says that it's not by works, it's not the good deeds that you make on this side of eternity that will earn you the right to make it to heaven. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And you know what? If that day gets here and you still have not made that decision, you will spend eternity away from God. You will spend eternity separated from God. So you need to make that decision today. You need to make that decision right now. What gift do you choose to get today is the question. I want you to close your eyes. And I want to talk to you, first to you who still have not made a decision for Christ. As our counselors come forward... You know when you invited Jesus Christ into your life. You know if you did or you did not. You may still think that, hey, I got time. I got to tell you something. You don't have time. Because you have no, no way of proving that you do have it. So I can tell you that salvation is yours and is available to you right now. And you need to make that decision right now. If you think that you're living a good life and you're still not there, you're still not at the point in which you can actually make that decision, I tell you, you cannot wait until you're good enough to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior because you will never be good enough. None of us will ever be good enough. To wait. So I give you the opportunity today. If you want to invite Jesus Christ into your life. And receive the gift. That he's got for you. That gift of eternal life. That can only be received by believing in Jesus Christ. That he is God. And that he lives forever. Would you just raise your hand and say. I want to receive that gift. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift. So would you just raise your hand and I'll, I'll help you receive that gift today. Maybe you already know Christ as your Lord and Savior. But in reality, you never thought about the, the death and the, and the greatness of this time in which we celebrate Christmas. We're so busy with so many other things and we have not slowed down to, to, to see the greatness of this season. And you commit your life for this season to be different. 
for this season to be one of worshiping the true child, the child that, the gift that keeps on giving, the birth of our Savior. If you've been at that point in your life and you want to commit the rest of this month to just worship your Savior as the first priority, would you just raise your hand and I want to pray with you because that's my commitment. That is my commitment. I don't want to get caught up with all this mumbo-jumbo of, of, of shopping and, and all the other things that come with Christmas, all the lights, all the colors, all that kind of stuff. I want to celebrate the birthday boy because he's my Savior. He's my God. Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And as we begin this month, Father, we commit our lives to you. Help us to, to not get caught up in the, in the things that this world offers this time of the year. But to really get caught up in the, in the worship we owe you. In the glory you deserve. In lifting you up everywhere we go to. In giving you honor and glory for everything that you're doing in our life. That you have done in our life. That you will do in our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And in his name we pray. Amen.